Hello and welcome to the 93 Talks, a podcast brought to you by the UK's largest network of state-educated university students, the 93% Club Foundation. Did you know that 93% of the UK's population is state-educated? This number is not representative of the university population and definitely not represented in the corporate world. It's our mission to rectify this and support those that make it to university. Here on the 93 Talks, we will bring you content with employers, successful professionals and community ambassadors. This is a podcast for students, by students. We are the 92% Club. Serious about social mobility. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the 93 Talks. You're joined by your lovely co-host, Joshua Best. And we have a lovely guest for you today. And his name is Chris White, who is the founder of Aspirants Listeners, for you that don't know. How are you doing, Chris? Not bad, Josh, actually. Yeah, pretty good. We love to hear it. We love to see it. Well, not can't see you right now, but I can hear you. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a lovely conversation just discussing all the things that Aspirants Listeners does and what it's actually achieved from all of its years from being founded back in... How many years has it been, Chris, since AS has been founded? It's been eight years, so uh, 2014. Um, remarkable. Wow. And still going strong, yeah. Um, mm. So just getting that insight from Chris, who's the founder, will be very lovely today. And I guess my first question to you, Chris, is like, what was the motivation for founding Esperance Listeners back in 2014? Like, what was the initial, like, motivation and that ambition to create it? Um, there's a number of ambitions that I had, uh, Josh, when I first started. I never thought AS would become my full-time job, um, but the motivation, bluntly, was I was pretty disgusted with the legal profession and how elitist it was, um, mm. how many barriers existed to individuals from various backgrounds, socially mobile being one of those groups, Black, Asian, minority, ethnic candidates, candidates that are LGBTQ plus and individuals that have disabilities, neurodiverse or long-term health conditions. And having been in the profession, mm. uh, I realized there were very few individuals comparative to society that were from those groups. And, and I knew that was wrong. Yeah. So obviously from seeing like that, that discrepancy of a legal profession, like was AS the first thing that you thought was the best solution to like solving that problem or even like helping to alleviate that problem? The, the the reality, Josh, is that when in 2014, when the AS website launched, I'd uh, initially set up um, a Facebook page back when <laughs> Facebook was cool, Insta and TikTok, um, weren't even thought about at that point. Um, and I realized pretty quickly in from September to, to December of 2013, given the thousands of followers that, that flowed from, from the establishment mm. of the page, that this was something that was important and necessary. There were some other really great diversity platforms that were already in existence at yeah. that point, um, but none that provided assistance to the cross-section of diverse applicants or diverse aspiring solicitors that AS um, and, and I wanted yeah. to focus on. And, and actually, to my knowledge, there was no other platform out there that had been set up by a lawyer who'd quit their job and given up their six-figure salary to go and you know help candidates from underrepresented groups to get into the profession so they could make their <laughs> six-figure salaries um so yeah it's um it was something that was very everybody told mm. me i was crazy um that i knew how are you going to change change the legal profession chris how are you gonna um you know make a difference uh, and if it were not for social media and facebook at the time that wouldn't have happened um and i'm really pleased that it has because 
as we'll come on to shortly, that, that a number of uh, AS members, thousands, have, have benefited from AS and, and everything. Yeah, that me being one of them <laughs> um, back in the day when I was on the Mentoring Programme, which we're going to discuss um, shortly. So in terms of like the offering to students, um, how does AS like fit like all of those elements with like diverse candidates so social mobility or like even like BAME candidates even like neurodiverse candidates like how does AS support those candidates from its overall offering? Uh, really, really good question so the main purpose that we you know exist for is to yes. develop talent and all of the groups that um, I've mentioned the underrepresented groups we work with tend to have one common thread that links all of them together, which ends up being confidence. Mm. So one of the things that we try to do with all groups is to emphasize and reinforce what some of them have been told that they're not historically, you're not good enough. People like you don't get in. People from your school don't go into law. You, know, you wouldn't be able to study in this you know, institution things that I was told, um, but also, you know, this isn't a profession for you or that firm, you know, only hires Jews, it doesn't hire Muslims and all of these ridiculous mm. things that that exist in universities. Um, we we wanted to develop confidence and understanding. Um, we want wanted people to um, and, and want people to be proud of who they are as individuals and and to know that their difference is, is their strength. And if a firm is not recognizing their difference as a strength, it's the wrong yes. firm for them. And that firm is going to miss out, not the candidate. Yeah, 100% agree. So I guess to like help build the student's confidence that they are good enough to get into the profession, irrespective of what differences they may have, like how how has that been like cultivated to like actually help the students build up confidence? Like what support has AS provided? So we've really developed this over the last eight years. So to begin with, um, nobody, hopefully listening to this, will be aware of these um, slots that were available in the early days. They were Ask Chris slots, which my friends constantly um, gave me uh, kind of a lot of stick for. But we've developed into a team mm. now. We've got an amazing team of coaches from um, legal backgrounds, recruitment backgrounds, coaching backgrounds, um, who have fantastic insight and experience to help develop individuals from first year through to postgraduate and graduate um, paralegal positions to help them get VAC schemes and training contracts. We've also um, added different masterclasses and workshops to really focus on converting VAC scheme opportunities into training contracts. We've got an amazing commercial awareness competition, which is market yep. leading. There's nothing like it out there. Um, the success of the competition is huge. I think something like 85% of all finalists the last five years have gone on to secure training mm, contracts, crazy. which speaks to the quality of individuals. Amazing, really amazing. And, and again, you know, we've, the, the team has, has been fantastic and, and that um, you know, facilitating all of that and, and developing it and progressing it. And we've also um, got a network of professional ambassadors, which we're soon to be enhancing. There's over 600, 700, I think now, professional ambassadors from 130 law firms and legal teams um, that candidates can engage with. Um, and, and not to mention the various mentoring schemes with law firms yeah. and corporates, as well as workplaces. Um, there's some amazing opportunities that we're going to be shouting about soon. Um, historically, you know, those work placements have been with the likes of Apple, um, Channel 4, Barclays, 
WeWork, XTX, you know, various platforms, um, uh, Meta, um, <clears throat> which has been mm. amazing. Yeah, and that's great to hear. I was just interested to um to like see your perspective in terms of like you know working with law firms and those legal teams. Like, what's what what immediately do you look for in like the firms that or the legal teams that AS partners with to like support the students with their confidence and like their development? Like, what are you initially looking for? What are we looking for in the foot? Yeah, in the, the law firms. In yeah, in terms of commitment, commitment, like the investment they put into the company. So. The, the fact is now, Josh, there isn't one law firm in, in the world that shouldn't recognise that d is is front and centre of their plans and their yeah. objectives. d the last five years or so, probably even eight years since AS has been in existence, has gained traction and weight in the senior ranks of exec committees of law firms um, throughout the UK yes. and Ireland, which is fantastic. So whenever we start speaking to law firms about collaborating with AS, we're very explicit on our expectation of what that collaboration requires, which is a commitment to improve and to progress. And we work with firms in very you know, diverse ways. <clears throat> one of the ways that we work with firms is, and, and we've done this from day one, is having an impact assessment. Okay. So we track the number of candidate AS members that um, have had assistance and um, you know, worked with the firms on vaccines or secure training contracts. So we can see how we're doing and how we're helping the firms achieve their objectives. There've been one or two occasions over the years where firms haven't um, fulfilled the um, commitment that we've asked of them. And those firms are no longer working with mm. AS. I'm not going to say any names here. <laughs> not today anyway. Um, that's yeah. great to hear. I guess like, because obviously me as a student or as a graduate rather who wants to work in law, just seeing like the progresses like the progression that AS has actually gone from like when I was on one like the mentoring programs to like what it is now is astounding and I was just probably interested to hear like what are some of that the statistics that you could probably share of like AS candidates who have gone on to do great stuff so whether that's you know securing VAT schemes or training contracts you alluded to earlier that you know um, participants of the commercial awareness competition 85 percent of them go on to secure, um, secure training contracts um, but I was interested to hear like why the stats regarding like the actual like successes of some of those candidates from AS that you've supported it's critical actually and, and I'm happy to share them and, and shout about them and, and it's not it's not me and my personal capacity just shouting about this it's it's reflection yeah. of the AS team that um, should be proud and I know are proud of the statistics and results that we've helped to facilitate um, the biggest stat which for, you know, most recent stat which I think um, is is pretty important is last year across our partner law firms that we help on talent development initiatives um, a massive 52 percent on average of their trainees were wow. AS members now that's up from 43 percent the year before we're expecting and hoping and channeling our efforts to make sure that, that gets up to 60% in okay. 2022. Um, and that kind of tracks across from VAC schemes as well. 49% average um, of our partner talent development firms, uh, trainees, uh, VAC schemes, sorry, um, were yeah. AS members. Um, and, and when you then dig down into the, the amount of assistance that we provided, um, you know, last year, for example, from the 43% um, training contract average 23 percent um, of the entire training population had significant help from as 
So whether that be coaching, whether that be mentoring, whether that be you know, other forms of assistance through mock interviews, you know, Head Start mm. programs, whatever it is. And that's what we exist yeah. for. You know, there is no other purpose for AS other than not to exist. We want to get to a position where we're no longer <laughs> needed. You know, that's genuine desire. Honestly, there are organizations out there that, um, that don't have that yes. end goal. There, there, there are, and and it's regretful in some ways, despite the brilliant work that is completed. But we don't. I genuinely can tell you now, as the founder of this organisation, I do not want this organisation to exist mm. moving forward. I think that's very. I think that's a very frank message in regards to like AS's angles. You know, for the profession to be so diverse, and for law firms to actually recognise um, that you know diversity is needed for like your firm to grow and your business to grow, and that would mean that AS is no longer needed. But I was interested to hear. Building on like one of the stats you um you shared earlier, sixty two sixty percent roughly to be like the um to be twenty twenty two's end goal of like trainees get and as candidates getting training contracts with partner firms, like when do you see that hitting one hundred percent or hitting seventy or eighty percent? In your opinion, well, the, the the reality, Josh, and if you again if you scratch the surface on most things like statistics, you know, there, there's another story mm. to be told. Uh, Given the very name of the ninety-three percent club, you, know, you you recognise the high proportion of socially mobile candidates that yeah. are in the market. So, arguably, given the other groups that AS is working with, whether it be Black, Asian, multi-ethnic candidates, disabled, neurodiverse, long-term health conditions, or the LGBTQ plus community, we should be already be at ninety-five mm. percent um, of candidates um, that are AS members getting jobs. But that's to assume that everybody in the market is an AS member, which is not not yeah. appropriate. Um, not everybody is aware of AS, not everybody is utilising the services that we offer, um, although we hope more and more yes. continue to try. Um, I'm, I'm an impatient person, Josh, and, and I would, I think, um, yeah, when you ask about when can we hit 90, 100%, I'd like to hit 90% yeah. tomorrow. I'd like to hit it at the latest next year, but not everybody is as impatient mm. as me. Um, the ability, the the option to hit those statistics and results is, yeah. is there. It just requires the commitment of organisations um, and you know, individuals. To yeah, us there. I think what you shared is really key. Like you're impatient because like you want you want to be at a stage where you can just let let AS, let AS actually not be needed anymore. But as you said, it's the work and commitment of firms and individuals to actually get you to that position. And I guess you're probably going to touch on like what needs to be done to actually get to that point where you won't be needed anymore, and all additional like ninety percent club will be needed either. I mean, I'm pretty certain, Josh, that you and I and, and others listening to this are are equally justifiably <laughs> impatient. We're in 2023 yeah, now. You know, we shouldn't be in a situation. We should not be in a situation where socially mobile candidates have any mm. barriers. We shouldn't be in a situation black, Asian, minority, ethnic candidates. Have yes. any barriers? Uh, you know, similarly with disabilities, LGBTQ plus. It's twenty twenty two. You know, we 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 have to be impatient. The 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 result of not being impatient and not pushing and being you know determined and um, focused on change is that we yes. regress. Is that the status quo continues? And we cannot have that. We cannot have individuals from socially mobile backgrounds not getting into firms or promoted because of where they're from or, or their social background. We cannot have people not getting into partnerships or progressing through the ranks or leaving sooner than anyone else mm. or being paid less because of yeah. the color of their skin. You know, these are these are 
prehistoric concepts for me that were wrong yeah. then, you know, and, and they're certainly wrong now. And, and we've, we've really got to, you know, come together and, and, and make that difference. Yeah, change. I definitely agree. Like, like I think there was a couple of weeks, probably a couple of months ago, like I saw an article regarding like, you know, people leaving the profession because, you know, they don't feel like it's a profession for them. And like you mentioned earlier, that did, that shouldn't really be a factor in today's day and age, 2022, even going on to 2023 and beyond. That is still it's still a, it's still an apparent problem. But I was interested to hear like your perspective of like what needs to be done to like rectify that, so like more people are able to enter the profession, even stay in the profession, so that they can also help others along the way. There's a few things, Josh, on that. Um, firstly, there are still a substantial number of financial mm. barriers to socially mobile candidates into the profession, accessing the profession. <clears throat> and separately, as the chair of trustees and the AS Foundation, I know yeah. we're going to come on to that um, shortly, but we're working with a number of law firms at the moment to remove additional financial barriers from the profession. They are easy yeah. wins. We're not talking about things that are complex. There are easy wins. So ensuring that the playing field can be yeah. accessed, forget playing on it, to begin with, but ensure that the playing field can yeah. be accessed by everyone is is important obviously the profession is very challenging it's it should be meritocratic but ensuring that it yeah. is meritocratic is critical so when you're then on the field ensuring that you can all play by the same rules is the next mm. step but actually once once the, the rules have been sorted and the access has been facilitated being able to score being able to 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 to, yeah. to win and facilitate that journey from trainee through to partner and and getting behind that journey and ensuring that journey again is fair is essential without those three components we we would be in the same position historically that we've been in um and, and we need to, to ensure that we're not there yeah and i guess that comes back to the to being impatient actually pushing organizations to like do more to like you know hit all those three elements to like you know you know, making a level playing field, actually getting people onto the pitch to play, and then obviously being able to succeed. You know, being a trainee, making an associate partner, even managing partner, or equity partner for that rather, and then obviously hopefully that will change the profession for the better. Um, so I'm going to move on to the next question, as you like alluded to earlier with the AS Foundation. I was interested to hear like why the AS Foundation was set up in conjunction like with the AS as a whole, and then how do you see that relationship with the ninety percent club going forward, and what it will mean for the future. So taking the first point, Josh, so the AS Foundation was something that I started establishing um, kind of in the background yeah. about three years ago off the back of candidates that were members of AS telling me they were made homeless for their VAC schemes. They didn't have anywhere to stay. They didn't have any clothes and suits or the shoes weren't, weren't you know, um, sufficient for a professional environment or they were fearful of the fact that they, they they didn't have, they didn't look the part. And on a personal level and an organizational level, AS was assisting yeah. those individuals. And we, we bought suits, we bought shirts, we assisted with accommodation. Um, but then I thought, hang on, this is, this is becoming more and more rep mm. frequent. This is a common occurrence. Every year we're getting these requests. So why isn't there something out there, an organization, a charity, a platform that provides funding for aspiring solicitors from low-income backgrounds that wouldn't otherwise be able to get in. And like most good things, 
you know, people after the event think, oh, why didn't yeah. I exist before? <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, it took me a while, given you know, the, the day job of AS, to set up. And it, it wasn't until 2019, 2020, when you know, we were able to get the, the director of the AS Foundation, um, David Carey, to, to really push that forward and establish the charity that it launched in January okay. 2020. Um, the two organizations, Aspiring Solicitors and the Aspiring Solicitors Foundation are, are yep. separate entities, although they you know, have commonality in the name. But the objective of the foundation is to remove financial barriers to the profession. And it's purely focused on social mobility, mm. which again is one of the benefits and important reasons why you know, the 93% Club has been so helpful in, in promoting the, the, the pot of money that's available and the yeah. grants available to your members because your members are exactly the people that should be benefiting from that that uh, charity just on the second question josh how, how you know the 93 percent club and, and the as foundation have collaborated a number of your um ambassadors a number of your you know uh, campus ambassadors have promoted the um, mm. foundation and the availability of laptops clothing desks workwear, etc and yeah, that's fantastic. Um, yeah, we we want to be doing more. We we've actually gone out remarkably to every um, top mm -hmm. social mobility platform for law in the UK and said to all of those platforms, the AS Foundation will donate twenty five laptops to your students. And we've had very few responses. Ninety three percent club is yep. by far and away the the most responsive. Um, and you've channeled those opportunities to your to your members in a similar way that AS has has channeled those opportunities to their members. Um, I just wish more platforms out there would do the same. Yeah, I guess it comes back to like being that being impatient because like obviously the Ninety Percent Club was set up with the idea that you know social mobile candidates, irrespective of like where you come from, what university you attend, to actually get into the profession or just to succeed in any shape or form. And I guess like that being impatient would mean that like we want to help as many people as we can as quickly as we can do so and i guess with the as foundation like eliminating those financial barriers it suit it fits the need it actually meets like the actual problem that needs to be addressed so i was probably interested in hearing like how does as how does the as foundation in itself secure the funding or like actually garner firm support to actually contribute to the foundation to like eliminate those barriers yeah, well, just just before answering that question, the other big thing, Josh, actually, that in addition to impatience is the importance of collaboration. And you know, social yes. mobility isn't anybody's patch, as I say. You know, social mobility mm. in the ninety three percent club are progressing and promoting, AS are promoting, the AS Foundation promoting, and a, a whole host of other platforms. If we collaborate, like the ninety three percent club have done, not just with the AS Foundation but with AS and you know, and others. We're going to get mm. to the end result much quicker. Unfortunately, yes. there are organizations in the market that see their patch as being protected and, and something that they can't collaborate with other people on, which again points to motivations and you know, you know integrity and genuineness of those, those organizations. I know this is a positive podcast, so I'm not going to go into that negativity, <laughs> but the positive thing is that the 93% mob has that desire to collaborate with organizations yeah. of the impatient objective that we all share. Um, how does the AS Foundation get the support of organizations and law firms and corporates? Um, 
we it's pretty easy when you know that every organization should be supporting your objectives to be able to go to an yeah. organization they look yeah there are individuals out there that you know, when covid hit couldn't have they, they didn't have access to computers because the only computers they had access to was in the you know, university library yeah. or that they had to yeah. share a laptop between a family of five people um and when you just say that to to partners in law firms or or you know csr managers in law firms or corporates they pause and they think wow yeah you're right and yeah we, we're aware of that most of the time the people we speak to are aware of it and there are big pots of money in law firms the law firms do a huge amount on csr and pro bono work yeah like colossal um yeah i joke with the coaches in as that candidates when they talk about motivations to join firms always talk about the pro bono and csr points that's 10 years old they've been doing it for, for 10 years that shouldn't differentiate a firm from another because they have to do it um yeah and positively have to do it but you know it, you know jokes aside the the important point here is that it is such an existing problem that we're only trying to s- seek to s- solve an issue which is so rife in mm. the UK and Ireland. And it's when there is such a major problem, it's you know, relatively straightforward to be able to get support of any degree, yeah. whether it be a hundred pounds, a thousand pounds, ten thousand pounds. There is yeah, the firms have different pots of money and, and different um, budgets, but yeah, the support that the foundation has got from law firms and corporates, it so quickly demonstrates the desire in the profession to move forward and the recognition that the problem exists. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I guess like when firms see like, you know, there's a rife problem for like the potential candidates that they will be like, working way will even like give a training contracts to you and like they're not able to actually perform best because of like those barriers it makes them pause and think as you said to like okay we know it's a problem how can we best support or best you know alleviate this issue so that they can you know perform the best way that they can so that they can actually join the firm and hopefully make change down the line and i guess like with as foundation like raising the visibility of the problem even during covid which was a big problem for our members as well i guess it really um it does create a narrative that more needs to be done. And I guess like firms also have to think outside the box, like how they can contribute and how they can collaborate with organizations like AES, AS Foundation, the 90% Club and other platforms out there to then like solve many issues across different um, problems, different scenarios that need to be addressed. Um, so I think it's great to hear like how the AS Foundation has, has found a problem and is actually addressing it rather than sitting on the fence and just letting the problem be a problem without any actively active contribution. Well, one thing that anybody that's listening to this that knows me will be aware of is that I rarely sit on the fence. Um, <laughs> views on diversity and social mobility and you know, all of the issues that, that we've discussed are pretty strong. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and I'm very outspoken on that and I'm proud to be outspoken on it. And I think the more that individuals, aspiring solicitors, lawyers, law firm representatives can be outspoken on things where they're unjust or wrong, we're going to be mm. in a better and a better profession moving forward yeah definitely agree and i'll also shout about it as well because that's something that that i think like more people that have that same passion and zeal for like issues and topics like this the easier it will be to like you know make change because then you won't be happy just sitting on the fence seeing problems like continue you actually want to make an impact and make a difference and i agree more people like you chris are needed to like actually make people you know get off you know get off their high horses and actually do something rather than complaining about 
an issue and not actually doing anything to change it. It's on us, Josh, and you. It's on us for the future and and, and you know, next generations coming through. I, I said when I started AS and you know since setting up the AS Foundation, I don't want to be doing this for the rest of my life. Not because I don't enjoy it. I love it. I don't view what I do as a job, but because if I'm doing this for the rest of my life, I've failed, and I don't like mm. failing things. And and the more people that have that approach, and the more people that you know are impatient for change and 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 don't tolerate discrimination and and prejudice and and other you know issues that exist in 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 different forms now we've got to help each other we've got to help people that don't look like us people that aren't from the same background as us people that haven't got the same sexual orientation or disability as us we have to help each other to move forward because that army grows and it gets so big it cannot be ignored we're going to have yes. more chance of succeeding and you know, organizations like ours not needing to exist in the future. Yeah, definitely agree. Definitely stand by it. Yeah, can't really add anything to that, to be fair. Um, I was interested to hear, like, you know, from the years of running um, AS, like, what's been your greatest, like, satisfaction, like, your greatest high, um, whether that's been, like, supporting students or, you know, getting students come back to you saying how much you've helped them. Like, what's been, like, your greatest, like, moment or great satisfaction of running AS. God, that's if you um, pick one. Yeah, I it's like picking your child or picking a favorite. If I recall, Josh, you're an Arsenal fan, aren't you? you yeah, an I'm an Arsenal fan, unfortunately, but we move. It's like saying pick Thierry Henry's greatest goal. Um, yeah, that oh, for, it's me, <laughs> for me, one of the one of the big things is is always the individuals, and it's always the phone mm. or the um, moments when you actually stop for a second and realize that you have helped change a family's life. There was one moment in particular when an individual had secured, they actually won the commercial awareness competition. Mm. I was down in Canary Wharf in, in the, uh, the restaurant post the, the competition. And I passed on to a phone to this individual's crying grandmother who told me that, we had helped to change their family's life and that moment you know it made me cry <laughs> um and i don't cry that often right now. <laughs> but, but when you have moments like that um you and, and i won't go into all of the background of that individual because there's even yeah. more substantial significant factors in, in in that conversation but but moments like that allow you to stop and reflect and realize that actually the sacrifices that have been made and the work and effort that is plowed into your every day is really worth it. Uh, and there are many other scenarios and, and calls and moments where I've been able to reflect and the team have been able to reflect yeah. on amazing kind of results, but that's what we do it for. Um, mm. More recently, I suppose there's another, another, you know, the other end of the spectrum is the first AS partner. So the first AS member that's become partner in a law firm, um, yeah, you know, was appointed last year in 2021. That's an amazing moment because that individual, um, you know, has gone on to to lead the way and help others. And for every individual mm. we help get into law firms, from the 52 percent and the 43 percent the year before, we're creating diversity champions. We're creating leaders. Yeah creating mentors, coaches of future talent. 
and that that's building that army that I mentioned that is so important to to getting the results that we want. Yeah, definitely agree. And I guess the last thing you said really hit home, like you know, creating the next leaders of like diversity champions. Because I guess like you know, I guess in the next ten years, next five years, from all the members that you've helped, you know, you're going to see people who are partners, who are managing partners, who are even like you know, senior associates who are able to like make substantial change, make you know decisions that actually help people for the better. And I guess like when you going back to the army point you've elaborated on many times in this episode when the army is like so strong and people who have the same vision the same mindset and also care about the same stuff that most people do like it's it's not easy to ignore rather like you have to be involved because like you're gonna be the one stand left out and i guess for organizations for individuals who aren't part of like these movements it is hard for you to actually be um attractive to even work out or even stay out for the long term for sure and and you can feel isolated, Josh. You know, from from my background, you can you know, go to all these law firms and not hear anyone with an accent think you you stick out like a sore thumb. And and that's yeah. as a white guy saying that. You know, as a non-white individual going to law firms when I was applying, it, there was an even bigger issue. Um, and there's still an issue, you know, in terms of ethnicity today. But it's getting better and it's much improving rapidly, which is positive. But having Having that personal experience, having that, having to overcome those barriers, be resilient in the face of adversity. We don't want people coming through the profession in years to come to have to deal with that. It's an unnecessary challenge. Yeah. We want people to come in meritocratically, know that they're, you know, they've got differences that, that can add value to the organizations and be proud of who they are as human beings. And that's so important. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, I guess the last question I wanted to ask you, you know, is related to like potential AS students or just like any like social mobile candidate from the like 90% club. What advice would you give them for like students who are like trying to enter the profession and feeling like they don't have what it takes to make it, whether that's imposter syndrome or just like self-doubt in like their own ability um, and they want to like enter the legal profession or any other profession, profession for that matter. Like what advice would you give them given your background of like working in the profession and also saying up the SBS listeners? Um, a, f- a few bits of advice. I would say yeah, looking at facts, socially mobile candidates um, off the back of a report a few years back were, sh- were, were clearly best performing candidates in eight law firms based on supervisor reports and evaluations. And so social okay. mobility is something that you should embrace you should be proud of and you should mm. use that to your advantage you should use it as a strength and and be proud of it you know i really don't want anybody to be ashamed of where they've come from it is a, as much yeah a, as, as anything else and you, you need to be proud of that and own it and if anybody in the profession ever causes you uh, any form of prejudice or discrimination based on that fact please get in touch with me and i will fight your corner the, the second Amazing. thing that, that I would say uh, on that is use the opportunities that are out there. You know, mm. the 90% club have got great you know, opportunities and, and events and things that you can do, and, and you need to take advantage of those. You get out of yeah. life what you put in. And in addition to 93% clubs options, you've got the AS options, the work experiences, mentoring schemes, coaching, all of that. And there are other platforms out there, but but choose those opportunities and um, wisely. Yeah, because not all opportunities yeah. out there are, are as 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 what they might seem. Um, and mm. last but not least, you know, look constantly look forward. 
You can't do anything yeah. about um, anything that you feel that you may have failed on up to this point. In my first year of uni, I got a 2-2. I couldn't do anything about that. I had to look forward and I had to you know, press on. Look forward to what you want to become and what you want to achieve and focus on that and don't let anybody move your path or, or dissuade you from achieving it because it's up to you and you're right to go and get it. Yeah, definitely agree. And I guess on that note, um, we're probably going to conclude the podcast. It's been amazing speaking to you, Chris, and you know, just having this honest conversation and a rather positive conversation on like the work that Spanish Listers does in the profession, also like the work that the AS Foundation does with the 90% Club and how that is all like contributing to the inevitable goal and like, the end goal of like us not being needed anymore as like we move to like a more equitable society and a society that's embracing diversity and inclusion across various professions such as law. But yeah, um, really many thanks to you chris for taking part in this podcast thank you to span sisters for also helping us with this episode as well and as always thank you to our members and the wider 90 percent club team for making this happen and any last words that you want to share chris before we no, just to thank you josh and thanks 93 percent club thanks to sophie for everything that she's done and continues to do um in progressing this objective and keep it going um keep up the good work and we look forward to being able to work with you more in the future amazing likewise and i guess on that note guys you've been listening to this episode of nine free talks and be sure to stay tuned for upcoming episodes in the future bye everyone